Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. Riding a growing wave of discontentment within the Catholic Church and its leadership, guided by the Pope, a German priest, theologian, author, and hymn writer by the name of Martin Luther lit a match of protests that gradually grew into a bonfire that changed the world. This former Augustinian friar is best known as the seminal figure in the Protestant Reformation and as the namesake of Lutheranism, one of the largest branches of Protestantism. Let's unravel the truth, myth, legend, traditions, and mysteries surrounding this titan of history, which helps explain the relationship between religion, commerce, and conquest at the beginning of European exploration and colonization of the North American continent. Pastor Lance Rolston of the History of the Christian Church podcast has graciously agreed to share with us his unique views on this remarkable period in history. Knowledge and understanding are different things. Knowing a fact doesn't equal understanding a concept or a truth or principle. Short snippets on church history can easily foster a cavalier attitude towards our subject. When we think of someone like Martin Luther, we tend to make him an index for a certain idea or movement. Martin Luther, father of the Reformation. The problem with this is that we then tend to assume that Luther was born with the intent of breaking away from the Roman church. The evolution of Luther's thought was an amazing microcosm of what was happening in at least hundreds and probably thousands of people at that time. He just happened to be positioned as the lightning rod of change. I want to fill in some of the gaps, and what follows is a bit of a hodgepodge meant to provide a little more context for understanding Luther and how he came to the ideas that he articulated and that millions ended up embracing. Martin Luther ranks as one of the most influential figures of the last thousand years. While Marco Polo and Columbus opened new lands, Shakespeare and Michelangelo produced some of the most sublime art, and Napoleon and Stalin changed the political face of their times, Luther triggered a change in the human spirit that has reached billions all around the world. The ideas announced in his sermons and written in books have affected virtually every realm and sphere of human activity, from politics to art, work to leisure. Truth be told, Luther's main body of work was a conscious part of the American character and continued to play a central role until just recently. It was Luther who played wet nurse to the modern world's emergence from medievalism. We can neither credit nor blame Luther for the whole of what eventually became Protestantism, but as one who played a critical role in the emergence of a new movement and a new way of life for millions of people, the influence of his actions and beliefs on the past 500 years is beyond calculating. The modern world can barely be understood without Luther and the Reformation that he sparked. Once Martin Luther was ordained a priest and settled into his ministry at Erfurt, his superiors in the Augustinian order decided that he should continue with his theological studies. Having gained a Master of Arts, he was qualified to lecture on philosophy, but he knew he needed more study to qualify as a lecturer on the Bible. The first step toward that end was to lecture on the sentences of a standard theology textbook of the Middle Ages, which collected extracts from the Scripture and the early Church Fathers, arranged under topical headings to enhance discussion of theological issues. Under the guidance of Johann Nathin, a professor of theology and a senior member of Luther's order, Luther set to work studying texts. Meanwhile, Johann von Stapitz had been involved with the German prince and elector Frederick the Wise in establishing a new university in a small town called Wittenberg, a hundred miles northwest of Erfurt. In the winter of 1508 and 9, he invited Luther to move and teach there. 
Stoppitz was himself a lecturer in biblical studies in Wittenberg, and so the idea was for Luther to help with the teaching of Aristotle's ethics. At the same time, he would work towards his doctorate, the ultimate qualification to teach theology in the church and university. After a single term, he was recalled to Erfurt for a further two years to fill a gap in the teaching program, but eventually returned to Wittenberg in 1512. Luther was placed in charge of teaching younger Augustinian friars in the order's house in town. He received his doctorate in mid-October and enrolled as a full teaching member of the university. These years also saw the growth of Luther's profile within the Augustinian order. In 1510, he was sent with a fellow friar to Rome to try to sort out a complex internal matter connected with the order. They assumed that his training as a lawyer positioned him as perfect for the job, but the trip proved unsuccessful. It was Luther's only time outside of Germany. Erfurt, like most German universities at the time, was a place of wide theological variety. The Renaissance, which had begun in northern Italy, spread into Germany. It captured the allegiance of many younger scholars with this exciting promise of returning to the sources of classical Greece and Rome as a model for literature, art, architecture, law, and rhetoric. Humanism, as this program was known, isn't to be confused with modern humanism or secular humanism, which tends to be atheistic. While it did have a high view of human dignity, the 16th century version was religious in character, something that most colleges and universities today neglect to mention. Renaissance humanism, or the study of the humanities, wasn't so much a set of ideas or philosophical opinions as it was a yearning for all things classical. The great motivating desire was to acquire eloquence and skill with words and language. So, everything was devoted towards a new kind of education, which involved making the study of classical texts possible, as these were thought the best models for eloquence available. These texts could be in Greek literature, Roman law, classical poetry, or early Christian theology. So the humanities promoted the study of Greek and Hebrew alongside Latin, the language of all scholarly work in the Middle Ages, so that these texts could be read in the original, avoiding what they felt was the misleading filter of medieval translations. For the humanist, lengthy medieval interpretations simply got in the way of the brilliance of the original authors. Humanists wanted a direct encounter with the original text of classical authors, the Bible and the Fathers, rather than have all that muddied by an extra layer of explanations made by lesser, more recent scholars writing in crude and verbose medieval Latin. So, using the recent invention of the printing press, humanists produce a whole series of ancient Christian texts, which made a new kind of scholarship possible. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Three works in particular were important. First, in 1503, Erasmus published the Enchiridion, or Handbook of the Christian Soldier. It laid out a program for reform of the church. Second, in 1506, an 11-volume edition of the works of St. Augustine appeared. 
For the first time in centuries, it was possible to read the greatest authority in Western theology in full, in context, and without the help of medieval commentators. And third, the most important was Erasmus's greatest achievement, his Greek New Testament, which was published in 1516. Although this edition was not as reliable as it might have been, since Erasmus had a limited number of texts to work from, it became the first ever printed edition of the Greek New Testament text, so that for the first time, theologians all over Europe had the chance to compare the standard Latin Bible text with the original, and when they did, a number of disturbing things emerged. So the work of Erasmus and other humanists played a major part in loosening the hold of the church's authority in the minds of many educated lay people. Luther was known for his knowledge of classical writers. He likely attended lectures by humanist teachers. This was the theological landscape at the time that Luther's mind was being formed. Luther believed that as long as he did his best, God would give him grace to help him to become better. Humanist texts allowed him to study the great authorities of the Bible and the Fathers with fresh eyes. From 1509 to 10, he studied Augustine's works in Lombard sentences, and some of the notes that he made in the margins of these works have survived to this day. They show him to be a not particularly original adherent of the theology of the modern way. He'd followed his teacher as well, and there was little sign at this stage of his development of a departure from them. Luther was often plagued by bouts of depression. He wondered whether God really did hold good intentions towards him, sensing rather the stern stare of Christ as judge, demanding from him an impossible level of purity. He wondered whether these feelings were evidence that he wasn't chosen at all, but that he was among those destined to be damned to eternal suffering. On the shelves of the library of the Augustinian Friary in Erfurt were copies of several works by Bernard of Clairvaux. Now, Bernard was something of a hero to monks like Luther, having developed a rich spiritual theology in the 12th century, and lots of advice on the spiritual life. Luther read these and heard them read over meals. He noticed Bernard's close attention to scripture and a piety which kept returning to the sufferings and humility of Jesus. Bernard advised his readers to meditate on the cross of Christ, especially when they were anxious or depressed. One of the virtues gained from such meditation was humility, a virtue greatly valued by God. Bernard said that humility's abiding image was the crucified Christ, and how God used the experience of suffering, even seasons of doubt, to bring humility to the human soul. That proved a tonic to the oft-tormented Luther. This emphasis on the scriptures and pondering the cross, passed on by earlier scholars like Bernard and Augustine, plowed and planted the field of Luther's mind for the fruit that it would later produce in the central doctrine of the Reformation justification by faith alone. A recent biographer called Martin Luther a catastrophe in the history of Western civilization. If we look only at the religious wars which were a part of the Reformation, that verdict may seem fair. But if we widen the criteria of our evaluation to Luther's role in calling the church to a simpler, more just and communal vision, in puncturing the conceded abuse and power of hierarchical oppression in a moribund institution which nearly all admit was grossly corrupt, not to mention the inspiration which his theology has been to countless people over the centuries since, that judgment isn't anywhere close to fair. Luther was a man of immense personal courage, fierce intelligence, and furious stubbornness. A mind steeped in the theology of his time, an ability to see quickly to the heart of an issue, and an eloquence that enabled him to express his ideas with clarity, was a powerful mixture. He inspired deep loyalty, even ardent love on the part of his supporters. He had a capacity to enjoy life in a huge way. Luther was a man with deep flaws, who made enemies as quickly as friends, and whose brilliant language could be used to hurt as much as to heal. He could be both tender and sharp, and his absence left an irreplaceable gap. As put at Luther's funeral, now they were, quote, entirely poor, wretched, forsaken, orphans who had lost a dear noble man as our father, unquote. This was Luther's enduring legacy. 
American black civil rights icon Martin Luther King Jr. was born Michael King Jr. to Pastor Michael King and Alberta Williams. In 1934, King Sr. traveled to Berlin on church business and visited sites in Germany associated with the Reformation leader Martin Luther. On returning home, King Sr. changed his name to Martin Luther King and his son's name to Martin Luther King Jr. Next time, we continue our deep dive into the Protestant Reformation, a form of Christianity that inspired early generations of men and women to cross a perilous ocean with their few belongings, hopes, dreams, and determination, and travel to the shores of North America. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying images. I'm Mark Vinette. And I hope you're enjoying the ride. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calotrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calotrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y using the code 30605.